All right, welcome to all. This is the Apostolic Review Christmas Special with the AR crew. Joined with me today is uh, Dr. Clay Jackson, Pastor Tony, the legendary book mentor Mancino, and our founder and leader, Pastor Daniel Bracamani. Brother Bracamani, how are you today, sir? Oh, man, I'm blessed. I'm excited to uh, connect with you all. It's been a minute. But uh, anytime we get together, I, I feel blessed, just like um, uh, the doc was, as he was praying, uh, mentioned uh, the friendship. You know, I, I feel uh, I feel close to you guys. I feel kinship. And so, man, I, I feel blessed to be on uh, on this podcast today. And I'm just going to I'm going to start off actually with just uh, asking you all um, in 2022, uh, the single book that impacted your ministry uh, the most? You know, what what takeaway did you get from a book that you read in 2022 that impacted your ministry? Well, I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll jump in. Uh, and I do want to say as well to what uh, Brother uh, uh, Jackson and his prayer, uh, I think that's a very... Uh, important component of apostolic review, uh, and I'm talking about friendship. Uh, I am uh, I am extremely uh, grateful to God uh, for all the people that He has allowed my life to connect with through apostolic review, and I am uh, most thankful for for you three gentlemen. Thank you so very much. Um, what book impacted? 2023. Uh, I have to say it's uh, Church Together by Daniel Dickard. And that's one I've kind of returned to uh, uh, many times. Uh, And it's just, it's so, uh, it's such a current book and it, it, it holds no punches whatsoever. Now, obviously he's dealing with uh, his church tradition, tradition, and yet so much of it uh, is, is applicable to the apostolic church. And, and he really just goes after everything and anything that uh, uh, is problematic. And, and it, uh, it really does uh, speak to us. I mean, we don't uh, perhaps think along the lines, but I, I find it scary at times that so much of um, apostolic has become theatrical. Uh, even mm. our preaching has mm. become somewhat theatrical, especially when you look at it in light of all of our uh, various conferences and so forth. It, it's very much about the uh, the speaker and less about mm. uh, those who have gathered and the need that they have brought uh, to to be ministered to, etc. Uh, and, and I'm not. I, I I don't want to be misunderstood. I love the Apostolic Church. Thank God, I'm part of the Apostolic Church. Wouldn't want to be a part of anything else. Uh, I really wouldn't. I would. Uh, uh, it might be a harsh way to say it, but I I would rather quote unquote not be in the church than not mm. be apostolic. So, Amen. Because uh, for me apostolic and church is synonymous uh, yes. but the book uh, the subtitle is uh, the church of we in an age of me and and i think that really does mm. speak to the entirety of the book and uh, it's it doesn't just simply uh, uh point out the problems but it also does give uh, solutions to the problems in which uh the author states and i just find it uh, very relevant uh can be very convicting and uh, at the same time, helpful. I think it is a book that uh, we, even as apostolics, and I'm, I'm hesitant to say that because I really don't like to, and this is me again, uh, I don't really like taking advice concerning church from those biblically who aren't in the church, you know, uh, but but I do find that uh, that this would be a very very uh, helpful book and would most certainly speak even to us. Convicting, very convicting. Wow, well, that sounds excellent. You know, I I, uh, I have something a trend I've noticed too myself is the that propensity to 
take on a celebrity status. Um, yes. It's, it's almost like the evangelist has, has become the, the Pentecostal celebrity. Um, we have to be careful not to. There's a thin well, line between, yeah, between that. Yeah, uh, and that's, the, that's a good and point. the music minister. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you look at some of, quote, unquote, the promotional posters, uh, I mean, you know, the, the font size of the mu- uh, the music leader is almost uh, the same size, if not the same size as the preacher. Uh, that might just be a little uh, quibble. Uh, but again, it really does speak to this whole celebrity culture that has taken hold, even uh, certain aspects of, uh, of the apostolic. And, uh, and, and this book really does, it just, it just calls you know, it that's, all that. That's so dangerous, especially for the young, the young minister that that's driven um, by the lure of, of being known, quote unquote, right. Um, mm. In your movement and not really understanding um, the ramifications that come with uh, having such a ministry, you know. Yeah, you know, I just opened up to a page here on random, and and this is kind of a gist of what he says throughout the book or whatever. He writes, prayer is not a ministry within the church. It is the ministry of the church. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, I mean, very, it's subtle, Uh, but uh, again, it really doesn't take a whole lot for us to uh, veer off direction. Uh, so it's it's the little things, or as the Bible says, the little foxes. And uh, it is to our detriment that we do not pay attention to that. Right. Well, it's another one to add to the list here. <laughs> I think we all have that, that long list of books that we need to read. And so I'm just putting a check mark by that one here on my list. How about you, um, Brother Jackson, Brother Chester? Yeah, uh, you know, for me, the way you brought the question, which I think is a great question, uh, for me, it'd probably be Leading with a Limp. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's one of these books that it wasn't a recommendation. I never heard the title. Um, I was looking through just a couple of recommendations because I had read this book or that book, and this one just popped up, and that um, title was just so intriguing. Um, and it really, that book, probably out of everything I've read this year, uh, profoundly affected, uh, my leadership perspective. And, um, one of, one of my favorite quotes I have, I have right here in front of me, but it says, we should expect anyone who remains in a formal leadership context to experience repeated bouts of flight, Mm. doubt, surrender, and return. Why would this be God's plan? Why does God love the reluctant leader? Here is one reason the reluctant leader is not easily seduced by power, pride, or ambition. And so it it, it says a lot of things that you don't hear commonly um, among us. Um, I say that cautiously. Um, you know, we are kind of in a place where people are pursuing, as you said earlier, just wanting to be known rather than to make him known. And um, there's some things that I think leadership deals with that we can sometimes internalize and think that we're flawed um, to the level that we're not like anybody else, that we're failures because we're not meeting this certain standard. And so this book really ministered to me. I, I always had this. I'll say this and then I'll pass on to Brother Jackson. But growing up in, you know, through the organization uh, and, and just even local church things sometimes, I always had this idea that it seemed like the person best for the position, like if it's in an organization, is normally the one that's just not pursuing it, Mm. the one who really doesn't need it. And it's just been one of those unspoken things for me and others that I've been friends with. If, you know, a lot of times we're going into a room, if somebody needs to be elected or if there's a position opening, it's hard sometimes to align with somebody who's chasing it. And this book just really spells it out in that one chapter about the importance of that reluctance. Um, and so that would be that would be my choice. I will say this, and I don't want to take up too much time, but probably a close second. I read this. I've actually got it in my hand um, during my what, what, what I do uh, once a year, a, a shepherd's retreat with my friends. We go away for about seven days with a couple um, of my buddies. And I, during that week, I read a book called Zeal Without Burnout. Yes. Yeah. Mm. 
I think brother Mancino, I think you may have sent this to me, um, but fantastic and very, very timely. The subtitle is seven keys to a lifelong ministry of sustainable sacrifice. That's one thing. The book keywords quite a bit sustainable uh, sacrifice. So those are, those are my two, my two. Books. Oh, excellent. The book you chose, uh, Leading with a limp. That's Dan Allender, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I mean, uh, Mike. I guess we will find out uh, uh, come heaven. Uh, but uh, and what we will find out is that uh, uh, so much of our ministry that was the most impactful came mm. out of those areas that we quote unquote deemed flawed. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, that's Very good. good. Wow. Well, it's an interesting it's an interesting way you frame the question uh brock you ask us what affected our ministry the most and uh there's two aspects there i mean ministry and then the personal pronoun our there are some books that affected me this year Mm -hmm. um and you ask you ask an ar guy or ar lady about one book it's like having a dozen kids and you say which one you like best (laughs) well what have they done for me lately? You know, what, what's happening? I, um, um, I read three books this year by N.T. Wright. His whole mm. concept of the kingdom of God coming to earth, his yes. um, framing of what resurrection hope means, has really shifted a lot of my thinking and helped me understand more clearly some of the scriptural concepts of the New Testament. I know there are those who very much appreciate Wright's contribution and those uh, who do not, but I find it to help stimulate my thinking. Uh, I right. don't accept all of his um, views wholesale, but, um, you know, surprised by scripture is one text of his that, um, you know, and it, a lot of his stuff he writes, it can be understood at a lay level or popular level, but surprised by scripture is um, he takes uh, several different topics that are contemporary debates and applies scripture to them in a way that I find fresh and compelling, even though I may not agree with him on every, on every point. So I right. think that one, I think that one affected me. Um, I've got the mic right now, so I'm just going to cheat. I will, I will tell you that I know in our church, we will use Rodney Shaw's church work yeah. again and mm-hmm. again and again and again yes, sir. Uh, for developing leaders, uh, for teaching people how to be part of the church. And uh, like Tony's, uh, uh, one that talks about we and me. Uh, Rodney's work is very much a we, the church work. Mm. Um, fascinating to follow him because we've, you know, we've all got DKB's 40, 40 book, vo- 40 volume set of the, <laughs> the Summa Theologia Apostolica that, that he's produced. And, uh, I'm being facetious, but of course, we very thank good. God. We thank, we thank God for Brother Bernard's, Amen. uh, volumes. But it's it's neat to see what Rodney writes as his successor um, at New Life in Austin and to see the principles that Brother Bernard put in mm-hmm. place with Rodney and, and Brother Shaw, how that has played out in, in his life. So that was a remarkable book on several levels for me. Uh, then personally, I just got to tell you, this fictional book, uh, The Shofar Blue. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. A lot of people have read that and, and you know, uh, Christian fiction – you know, it it doesn't have a large place in apostolic circles, uh, both in terms of what we read and what we write. I mean, if you look at what we write, it's about 19 to 1 nonfiction to fiction. We just don't write a lot of fiction. This is a wow. non-apostolic book, but I found it to be very instructive. Um, it sort of reminded me in sort of a, a, a different way, a prose way, a fiction way of priorities in life. And while reading that book, I began praying, Lord, you build the church that you want to build, not the one that I want to see built. Amen. And I need you to bring the people here that you want here, not the people that I want here. Mm-hmm. And I need you to use me in the ways that you want to use me, not the ways that I want to be used. Mm-hmm. Those were difficult prayers to pray as a church planner because you want everybody. I mean, honestly, you don't even have to have a pastor's heart. You just want some people to preach to, you know, right. you don't have to be spiritual to want everybody when you're a church planner. You just need everybody. Yeah. But to pray for God to shape the work in his own way and to shape the, 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 what success means was helpful for me. So probably long-term, I'll take the most out of that book. 
I would say leadership-wise, Shaw's book will help us the most. Theologically, Wright's book has helped me the most. But personally and familiarly, socially, uh, devotionally, that fiction book, Shofar Blue, probably will have the longest-term impact on me. Man. Yeah, that was a very good book. Um, and, you know, uh, church work, Brother brother Shaw's, uh, I don't even know how to put it into words, but uh, I do yeah. feel like that is uh, – it really is signaling a shift in uh, apostolic writing, apostolic books. It's oh, a landmark that. book. Landmark Tony, it's yeah. a landmark. It is, it is yeah. a landmark book and yes. Pentecost. And I, I agree. I, I want to like be very that. clear. I, I want to be very clear. I, I love and respect Brother Bernard. And, I, you know, he has done more through his work in apostolic writing probably than any living apostolic writer um, and, and I, I honor that. It's just interesting to see his principles played out in a second generation of leadership right. that was, was co-leader with him for a while. And now, now yes. come on. So sorry for interrupting Tony, but I, I call it a landmark book. It's just a, it's just a shift good. in our thinking. It is very much away from that celebrity mentality that you talked about. Yes. And of course, Brother Bernard's leadership has, has lived that way as well. And, you know, it'll be amazing what the Lord can accomplish through us. If we can get that right, mm-hmm. we've doubled down on doctrine. We've doubled down on distinctions um, in this fifth generation. You guys know this is a candy stick of mine. There's never been a revivalist movement survive into the fifth generation. We are the first. Mm-hmm. The New Testament church didn't make it this far. This mm-hmm. is a unique moment in spiritual history. God has never had a people do what we are attempting to do with him. Uh, which is be a, a fifth generation revivalist movement, true to the initial impetus of the of the founders. Um, so, if we can get this right and not be about ourselves and continue to be about Him, um, explosive revival is possible. Agreed. Exponential right. kingdom growth is possible. Um, expansion into the arts and literature and uh, philosophy and other other elements. Of, of human flourishing can be part of our our legacy here and, and God's work through us if we will get this right. If we don't, he'll go find somebody else. That's what he's done for right. 2,000 years. So that fosters a question. So, you know, I've talked about this before, um, and I think we've all agreed about it. we're kind of in this apostolic renaissance in in, in writing and, and, and creativity in general. Um, there's just a lot of different apostolic creators it's just a good question, and I know it wasn't one of the topics we had, but um, with with that in mind, the things you're talking about there, um, what do you think it is that's given rise to this kind of shift in our thinking? Because we have classically, we've doubled down on doctrine, we've doubled down on holiness. You know, we got tons of books about fasting, and, and we need them, praying and and systematic works, um, not a systematic theology, but just systematic works. Um, what is it in the apostolic thinking that, that's beginning to shift and and push us into these other um, how do you, uh, other streams of thought? Well, I, oh, go ahead. I, I want to challenge that, uh, Pastor Brock. I don't think we have tons of book on fasting. Uh, we we may have a number on prayer, um, but I think we have about five books on fasting that that I found. Maybe I'm reading the wrong guys and wrong ladies, but um, we. we I, I do take your point that we have uh, what we what we do have is a ton of biographies. We have a lot of biographies, and we and we've got a lot of uh, uh, books about different doctrinal issues. Um, well, that's what I mean by but, systematic. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, we we, mic- we can say micro systematics. <laughs> exactly. Well, look at look at revivalist movements. Um, first generation is people that nobody else wants. Right. They're desperate. They're desperate people. Uh, these are the people that Jesus ministered to. Uh, Nicodemus is an anomaly. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea is an anomaly. There are a lot more people at the well in Samaria that, that pay attention to revivalist movement. Uh, the second generation of people, because of righteous living, uh, they have, they have education because they, they begin to read, they begin to study. The third generation has money. The fourth generation has cultural cachet and they have soft power. And that's where every revivalist movement has checked out because they've traded covenant for culture. Mm. 
And by that, I don't mean scriptural cultural or covenantal culture. I mean uh, surrounding contemporary culture. So why do we have an apostolic renaissance today? I would say it's because we didn't lose the fourth generation. And so mm. now we have a fifth generation of children that, you know, my children don't know what it's like to be um, the least well thought about people in town. My children don't know what it's like to face a social stigma. My children That's think that my children think that that um, that we have a walk with God, that God has blessed us and that and that that he's been good to us. The challenge is. How do my children also understand that they that that they have um, the rights to 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 see themselves as blessed of God? But how do I teach them to live with an open hand and to be willing to give that up uh, for covenant? If persecution comes, if mockery comes, and and believe me, you know, if we're going to live as biblical Christians in a world that has eight billion truths, if we proclaim one truth. You know, it won't be long until they find out who we are. The only right. reason that the four of us still have accounts is that we're not famous enough. Um, <laughs> so, you, you know, or the it, AR has how, account, yeah. How do how do we how do we um, teach people to hang on? I think that's why we have it. Um, I think there's an appreciation on the part of the community of apostolics that we need uh, producers in right. our own ranks that are helping us. Um, if we want to sustain it, though, we're going to have to pay for it. You know, That's Whitley right. just posted a couple of days ago. All the, I love all I love the, what he posted. Yeah, yeah. He, he went through all the stages you got to get to to get a high-quality product. Right. Right. So it's one thing to be a backbencher and complain that everything is kitsch or everything <laughs> is, is second-rate or everything mm-hmm. is, is, is cheesy. Um, you know, keep giving those $1 offerings and, and that's, right. you know, you know or, or expecting it for free. Um, if we want to sustain people from our community, then we have to uh, we have to support that. And you know, th- there's a fine line, Tony, between the the, the poster promotion, you know, because there's got to be a monetary way to run these things. There's a fine line between that self promoting aspect of contemporary cel- celebrity culture, and then our community recognizing value and saying, "Hey, I'm willing to give to this because it's valuable to me." Amen. Yeah. And I think I was going to say something uh, along those lines as to answering the question. I was going to say uh, youth. It's our youth. I think our youth are in two ways, pushing us and pulling us mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. making a demand upon us with their uh, questions and wanting to know. Uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, we, uh, if we want to continue, and then we're going to have to answer those questions uh, uh, vis-a-vis a multiplicity of mediums, not just simply books. But but I think it's 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 young people pushing and pulling us. Yes. And uh, I mean, it's it's wonderful to see uh, in the UPCI as well as the ALJC. And uh, I'm not familiar with the other uh, apostolic organizations, WPF. Uh, but it's wonderful to see the uh, yes. the main uh, youth uh, things that they have going on and seeing uh, the passion and love love for God and for truth uh, that uh, young people are exhibiting and and the good majority of them are living and uh, and they are hungry for uh, answers and they are hungry for uh, knowledge and growth and uh, so. So none of this is uh, doesn't matter. Uh, it does uh, right. books, podcasts, uh, and other avenues. Uh, they they do matter, and they uh, add fuel to the fire. So some of it scale. Some of it scale. Uh, when you have more young people, when you have more churches, when you have more conferences, people can produce more. The yeah. barriers are lower. Uh, there's a lot more self publishing. Um, there's online editing. So you know, I can I can crowdsource editing if I need to do that mm-hmm. now, where I don't have to know somebody. The internet true. does do that for me. Very true. Um, and you know, as you said, brother Tony, not everybody's a writer, but some people are great conversationalists, mm-hmm. and so different right. media have put forward a way for others uh, to to contribute. You know, we we have we have a, a, a number of avenues that people can contribute to. You know. 
Now, that doesn't always mean quality, you know, because self-publication is a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people need that editor, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, th- I think quality does rise to the top. Um, right. And then the final aspect that I'd add is provoking one another to good works. Um, yeah. You know, I need, I need a better microphone because I hear how James sounds when he does his <laughs> podcast. And, you know, I need to read better literature because I see what Tony's reading. And then, you know, very good. Brock is pastoring and getting his degree done. Yeah. Tom Trimble just finished his degree. Um, so Brent Coltharp, the busiest man in Pentecost, not named Bernard, just finished his degree. So if those guys are doing it, you know, what's the matter with me? I, I, I don't mean competition. I mean encouragement. And, and Paul does tell us to provoke one another good works. And I think knowing what other people are doing in the apostolic community drives us toward excellence. Yeah, you know, if, and I, could, I, if I could add in into this conversation as well, I think some of this, Brother Bracamani, is coming into fulfillment. Mm. I think there's a fulfillment aspect of this. The previous generations really did what they could with what they had. I mean, some could argue a failing and shortcomings in some regards, but we've gotten to this place, and I think, I think a lot of this young generation is hearing the the call to step out and do something, and realizing that we have the potential. Uh, to do it right. And I want to, I just, excuse me for a moment, but I'd like to brag on our own, uh, the recent AOJC Youth Conference. Uh, I took my family there, my children there. Brother James Wilson did an incredible concert one evening. And the production quality is coming forth out of FAC Maryville. And what they did that night, I mean, compares to anything that's going right now, anywhere. And, um, you know, I hope you guys hear me when I say this from my heart. There's a way that I, I step back and I'm thinking, wow, what a what a blessing for my children right. uh, to be able to see a day that apostolic artists can do concerts, can sell CDs. Not saying it's all about that, but no, no. I think you guys know where I'm coming from. But to really have a, a, some quality uh, products that um, – you know, I think I think fulfillment's part of that, and then I think uh, just encouragement. I think, as the doctor said, encouraging one another. You know, it's like you preach and prophesy. Yeah, well, somebody's believing it. You know, that's there's right. a generation that's, that's right. coming up and saying, "Yeah, hey, we, we let's do it. Let's yeah. let's go go out." And um, you know, that's just that's that's my two cents. No, I, I thank you. I, I th- thanks so much. Yeah, thank, thanks thanks so much, James, for for mentioning that because we need to give credit to where I, I mentioned different generations of a revivalist movement. But we're here today because of what others oh, have done, yeah. done before us. And, and, and so, you know, I, I thank God for that. You know, I, I thought I was so cool because I was a bivocational church planner. And then I realized one day that my grandfather had done the very same thing mm. when nobody thought it was cool and nobody had mm-hmm. modeled it for him. And so right. I thought, well, boy, I'm just, uh, I'm just drafting on people that I, I wasn't even thinking about. You know, God has prepared a way before me through the examples in my own life. What's amazing though is that you've got, you know, you've got Wilson there on the stage and the, and the, the you know, those concerts and videos and all that stuff. It, it, it's phenomenal, but it's very Christ glorifying. Yes. It is a very much, you can't sit or experience or even watch it on YouTube without realizing that, that the star of that show is Jesus, yes. not James. And that's good. Right, yeah. Then you've got these guys that can do that, which is, you know, that that takes a lot, but then a bunch, you know, the guitar player or whatever. Those guys are wanting to plant churches. They want to sit around mm. coffee tables and teach Bible studies, not just be on stages. Right. So I I think if we can if we can hold those two in tension, the the high production value, but then the high Holy Spirit value of of really having you know. Spirit of God, Word of God, hungry heart. Those that's the triad that you gotta have to have revival. And it can Very be at, at a single table. It can be in an Uber car like Tom Trimble has shown us time and time again. It can I be it. it can be your it can be your hotel manager's Nate, you know. Nate Holzman, you can't take him on a on a mission trip without him baptizing somebody in the hotel pool. So we can have that. Uh, we can have both. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. We don't have to we don't have to issue production values in order to have Pentecostal values. We can have both. Um, 
you know, in, in, in this, the same settings, Tony, I'm sorry. I need to shut up. I talk right over you. That's the third time I'm out. You, no, you talk. You're good. Uh, you pretty much uh, said what I was going to say. Cause I didn't want uh, the previous uh, comments to be misinterpreted. Uh, I, I absolutely do, do think that we should uh, do all things for the Lord. Excellently. Uh, I guess the issue is that we never allow the excellence to uh, push out the uh, or be at the expense of our of our apostolic uh, distinctivenesses and experiences demonstration. Uh, absolutely, as Brother Jackson just said, they they can and they should and they must uh, be together. And that goes to uh, the other thing. Uh, there's probably people who think that apostolic review is. Uh, is this group unto unto themselves. And, and I don't think that's the case. I think from the very oh. beginning, we have been very, uh, I'm not sure it's the exact word, uh, wanting to work together with other apostolics who want to see this whole apostolic thing grow and become more uh, well-known, etc., uh, so, uh, I think that's going to be big too, uh, is, is us learning how to work together, uh, whether right, we have a podcast right. or we are authoring books or, uh, uh, we're on Facebook or something. Uh, if we could all just work together for that main purpose, you know, uh, the good of the, uh, of the good of apostolic people and apostolic faith to the glory of Jesus Christ, you know. So uh, I think that that goes to uh, the whole continuation of revivals, etc. Right. Well, I'll just I'll, I'll interject there is, you know, the whole um, from the outset, this is uh, within our, our community, uh, the AR community has been to kind of foster a spirit of apostolic unity and interorganizationally. And what I mean by that is, you know, we had a lot of different organizations represented, um, WPF, AAFJC, UPCI, ALJC, Independence, um, other other groups that uh, there's a myriad of acronyms that we could list out for, for organizations. <laughs> but but as, as far as being apostolic, they're oneness, you know, they're, they believe in one God. They believe in the, the Acts 238 mode of salvation. And, and, and to a degree, um, there's going to be some uh, differences on, on the holiness standards within each organization. Um, we're, we're trying not to delve into that realm, but we want to foster. And, you know, I think it's, it's a Holy Ghost thing. And the reason I say this is because if there's one thing the Holy Ghost yearns for, it's unity, right? We know that. And, I, you know, the way I see it as a founder, I guess, um, I'll just speak on that. One of the things the Apostolic Review is we're trying to foster unity um, and we're trying to do it in a non-toxic way, right? We, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that... <laughs> that 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 it's a place where we can have discussions and even some edgy discussions without you know uh destroying the character of people just because you have a different viewpoint you know and right. so um Amen. it's a great place because we need to have those those conversations if we're going to grow you know we're talking about the apostolic renaissance and i think one of one of the the fruits of an apostolic renaissance is a little more uh, openness to discussion. Uh, you know, in the past, it was like, hey, this is how it is. If you don't believe this way, you're out. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and the truth is, this whole time, not everybody yeah. has always seen the way, seen, this, seen things the same. And so one of our, our jobs is to, to foster the kind of community where we can come to, you know, doctrinal consensus, theological consensus, and allow for some, you know, varying convictions i mean there's there's people that that have different views of, of different stuff but when it comes to the cornerstone of the faith that we're all solid on those areas and so yeah i i get what you're saying anyways praise god <laughs> let's Very not good. be toxic right uh, and that's right i love i love what you said about unity without toxicity because you know you can achieve unity by killing everybody else um, right. You know, <laughs> yeah. Di divergent voices don't cause problems when they're silenced. So uh, I, I think the means of choosing unity has to be in glorifying the Lord and lifting Him up. And um, I, I'm struck by the image that everybody's probably preached this, but uh, uh, certainly not original with me. But the 
the angels on top of the ark didn't see eye to eye, but they touched wing to wing, and that's where the mercy dwelt. So mm. if we can, if we can, if we can look at the, if we can look at the law, if we can look at the, if we can look at the, the miracles, if we can look at the, uh, at the leadership that God provides, it's in the ark of the covenant. Um, that's enough. You know, I, the beautiful example yesterday, beautiful example. I, I sent a chapter of a, of a work that, that I'm uh, working on right now, sent it to somebody that I met through apostolic review. I don't know that I've ever been in the same room with this person <laughs> and, 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 and known about it. Uh, but we've become close through just uh, digital communication, sent it to this guy. And so he did, now this was not, Hey, great job. You know, this was serious reading of this chapter. Right. And he sent back lot, you know, a detailed response, you know, said really like this, really like this, but it was very clear that he had come to very different conclusions mm-hmm. about some issues about church polity, uh, very different conclusions about the role of women in ministry than I had come to. And yet, it was such a, a constructive approach mm-hmm. to reviewing this chapter. And I thought it was a beautiful example of what AR can be. Yes, here's, right. a guy that, here's, a, here's a guy that I didn't know through conferences. I didn't know through leadership seminars or whatever. It's a guy that it totally entered my life through this community. And then we do have some different viewpoints, but we rallied around what was common. And he, he improved my work and endorsed my work without unanimously agreeing about everything in my That's world. That's That's great. Yeah. If, if we can do that, uh, we'll, we'll begin to leapfrog and, and we'll, we'll, we'll gain and gain and gain because frankly, his viewpoint is valuable to me. And he proved right. that, that my viewpoint was valuable to him. Uh, and we're not talking about salvation issues. We're, we're talking about um, right. interpretation of the new Testament in, in some areas of ecclesiology. So I, I was greatly encouraged by that. Yeah. That's kind of a segue into yeah. Well, go ahead, Brother Massino. No, I was just saying iron sharpens iron. Uh, and, right. and to the unity thing, you know, uh, if you probably notice, I mean, when it comes to unity, we tend to take the easy way out. And by that, I mean, well, let's pray for unity. And yet I, I'm not necessarily of the camp that unity is something to pray for. And all, all I mean by that is that it's already been prayed for, John 17, mm. our Lord Jesus. And I do believe wow. that the church is united and uh, and the New Testament directive for us, it's a whole lot harder than, quote unquote, praying about it. Uh, Paul tells us, uh, I think it's Ephesians 4, 3, to keep the unity of the spirit. Uh, that's uh, That requires uh, work. <laughs> Um, yes, right. So, yeah, we need to Diligent. keep it, Diligent. not just pray. I I disagree with my wife a lot. <laughs> You're a brave man. I just, I just be honest. You're a brave man. <laughs> I I disagree with her a lot, but we have unity in our household because I value her more than I disagree with her. Oh yeah, point well made. So well said. Wow. Un- yeah. Unity doesn't begin as a cognitive. Like what you did there. Yeah, yeah, unity does not begin as a cognitive a cognitive statement. Unity begins as a relational statement. Right. So, you know, the value statement, Tony, like the point you're making, it's a value yeah, statement. Yeah, T- Tony, Tony, you you are a family, right? And this family has some rules: the new birth experience, the oneness of God. Yeah. But you know, maybe I don't like the way you part your hair. But you know, I I'm not going to lose unity over. Uh, something that's not a core identity feature because I value you. The less I value you, the less I value you, the further out I will move the vote you off the island principles. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Until it it becomes something that's so trivial. Yeah. Uh, And the more I value you, it's going to be rougher and rougher for us to part company. Yeah. And so you get to core, core doctrinal issues. And so I I think unity is a value statement. Yeah. And I would, to that, I would just simply add, uh, not just unity, but everything, everything flows out of relationship. Right. Sure. Uh, First, of course, our relationship with the Lord and then others. Go ahead. I, I love iron sharpens iron. I say iron dulls iron too. Um, sometimes we spend so much time critiquing one another. Uh, we don't put the hoe in the ground. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, I, I come from West Tennessee. Um, and, and you can file a hoe down until it's just at the handle. Mm-hmm. 
So at some point, it's time to stop sharpening and to start reaping. Yes. Mm-hmm. And right. start cultivating. And that, that's what I love. That's Very what I good. love about, I mean, you want to talk about celebrity. I mean, Court Chavis in terms of worship leading and his um, charisma, his anointing, his, his, his talent, his production, um, you know, leading youth congress, all that. I greatly admire both the preaching and the worship leading gifts that Court has. But he went and planted a church. Yeah, he, right. he didn't, he didn't right. wait around until the church opened. He, he planted a church. And, you know, I realize I'm biased there. I'm biased toward church planters. But thank God for those who revitalize oh, churches amen. with the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank right. God for those who take established churches and bring them to, to greater heights, uh, such as Rodney did in New Life. So thank God for all. But my point is, um, you know, when you have people that are willing to, to get in and, and – and just work at whatever level that is the will of God for them. That that's so inspiring to me. That's so challenging to me because it's not just how many angels can fit on the head of the pen. That's not the kind of discussion that we're working for here. I'm hoping now and in the future that AR is the kind of community where it's not just academic. You sit around and, and you talk about it, but it whets your appetite so much that once you are sharpened, you say, man, mm. uh, it's time to thrust yeah. in the sickle. Yeah. It's time to teach Very some Bible good. studies. It's time to you baptize people. Them. It's time to write that song. It's time Love to write that. that book. It's time to, it's time to, to make that play or, or paint that painting or whatever it is that you Amen. Are, are doing with the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Amen. That, that, that the discussion leads to action taken Amen. for the glory Amen. of God. Well, listen, I, I, I mean, no, that's, that's anointed right there. Um, and I think that's a great place to segue into the next question. Um, you know, we're talking about the apostolic review. We're talking about these subjects. And sometimes I think we talk about it, you know, uh, we look at it, you know, what are we giving to the community? Um, but I've thought about this a, a lot is, you know, as I look at the apostolic review community, the community, the people that are involved in the community, um, I wanted to ask this question, and this is kind of a segue into piggybacking off what Brother Jackson was just talking about. Um, and I think I'll start with Brother Chester on this. What have you, what have you learned from the community? What is it that you know, being in the AR community, looking at the different voices that that comment, that speak up, that um, how do you say, you know, I, they have they have nothing they're giving out of their own volition. They're, they're, they're participating in the, the community without any, with really out any expectation of return. So, you know, I want to ask you all, what is it have you, that you have learned from the people in our community? And I'll start with you, brother Chester. Well, I'd, I'd like to, I would like to say a couple of things about that. Uh, and it's a, it's a great question. The, um, the thing about the, our community, I mean, it really is community. I mean, we, you, since the very beginning, you've used that term. And I think that is really a part of the uh, DNA of the Apostolic Review. Um, it's such a warm community. It's a faithful community. Um, you know, it's a community you can depend upon. My wife recently, uh, within the last 24 hours, we had a medical emergency with a saint in our church, yes. and uh, she puts it out on uh, Apostolic uh, Review. And uh, immediately getting people from all over. And I got to stand over this man who is facing wrist, back surgery, really a, a very difficult path ahead. I got to tell him there were people all over the United States praying for him. Wow. And that's largely because of the impact of the Apostolic Review. And um, it's a group that, that really um, exhibits unity. Um, you know, you, you'll always have a moment, a situation, or, you know, someone that maybe, maybe gets a little on the feisty side and there's, there's some room for that. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's healthy debate. Um, I'm just going to say, you know, it's going to sound like an infomercial, but there's really not a greater director of, of literature resources on the planet, in my opinion. I mean, the Apostolic wow. Review and its members are, are reading books and talking about books, tweeting about books responding and there's nothing like it. And, um, 
you know, it's 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 a faithful group. Um, it's a it's a it's a group full of um, you know, warm, you know, love community toward them. I know that kind of may sound a little uh, cheesy, but for me and my wife, the work we do here in Charleston, the work we do abroad, um, it's a refreshing spot, you know, for us to find throughout our week to engage with you all. And uh, I, I appreciate everybody in the community, especially our leaders. Um, it's a it's a faithful, fantastic ministry. I mean, those are the words that that come to mind, Brother Brockamani. I hope that hope that is a good solution. Oh, that's, that's excellent. Uh, how about you, Brother Mancino? Yeah, I would, I would echo, echo all of that. Uh, it's kind of a hard question. There's so so many answers, um, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, through the apostolic. Uh, review community, I have uh, personally grown, uh, whether it's uh, quote unquote intellectually or uh, or just the fact that I have been humbled in a good way uh, by everything that everyone is doing. And that is a uh, that's a key right there. It's it's not just some it's practically everybody doing something for the greater good and growth of this AR community. And it really does, for me, it provides an illustration of uh, what the psalmist called unity, you know, good and pleasant. And uh, I see that uh, very much. It also teaches me that uh, I I cannot do this on my own. I need my brother, I need my sister to help me in the facilitation of the goal. And I'm thankful for those who are doing the Facebook aspect and video and podcasting. Uh, I just, it's great. And uh, even uh, more ideas come along, which I think is important because as we see, um, social media is changing. And I think that we have to, uh, we have to change with it. But at the same time, we got to stay a step ahead of it. Uh, and uh, so that we don't uh, lose uh, influence and and can even through all the change begin to grow uh, more than than we are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've noticed like on Twitter, Twitter seems to be a little slow. It's starting to pick back up. Uh, but uh, that's my fault. We, I think that uh, no, I, I think we are. I think that overall, uh, AR has. Uh, try to uh, stay in step with uh, any and all changes. And I, I think that's, uh, it's been helpful, helpful to me. I may, you know, uh, quote unquote, post all the books or whatever, but uh, still there are books posted that I myself immediately <laughs> go grab. So uh, I find it very uh, beneficial and helpful and humbling. And uh, wow. I do thank God for it. Yeah. Well, listen, Brother Jackson, before you comment, I'm going to read these these couple of comments this morning from our community, uh, AR community space page. Um, and then I'll let you comment because I think this will put some things into perspective. Um, I put a tweet out this morning. We're doing a giveaway, uh, Stan Gleason's Unfold Leader. Um, but I did it specifically within the community page because I wanted to give it, I want to give that book to someone that's actually an AR someone that participates in the community. I don't want to give it to someone that just now and then pops on. And um, anyways, and it's because I wanted to get some feedback and I asked this question. I said, I said, uh, the question was simply, um, why do you follow AR? Why, why do you take the time to follow AR and come and comment on, on this, you know, this feed? And here's just a couple of comments. Bob Richardson, he said, I follow AR because there are so many voices in this world that you have to be so guarded to protect your mind, spirit, and life. But with AR, there is a like-mindedness and family-like advice, encouragement, conviction, and there is support in prayer as well in wisdom and book titles. Brother Craig Smith writes, I follow AR because it is one of the few online communities that I know of that is informative, entertaining, supportive, and non-toxic. It is so rare and so valuable. And Sister Boss, we all know Sister Boss, she says, I love the discussions in the Review Apostolic community because the interest span wide and the celebration of apostolic content is wonderful. One more, uh, Brother Justin Henry, the fellowship, 
and all the amazing book recommendations. What I took away from that is that you see that in, in this community, there is a hunger for unity. There is a hunger to be heard. And there is a hunger to co contribute to uh, something that's a little bit bigger than yourself. And so with those comments in mind, Brother Jackson, I want to pick your mind Amen. on what you, you have uh, learned from our community. Uh-oh. I think your mic is on mute. Yeah, he's muted. Sorry, guys. Oh, I want you to feel valued as an editor, James. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I think what I've learned is that there are so many people that I don't know that are so dedicated to the Lord, dedicated to his work, and dedicated to honing the craft of reflecting God's values into this world mm. and reflecting worship back to God. Right. Um, at the risk of sounding absolutely megalomaniacal here, um, you can get in your own head a little bit with just trying to your, your own field of labor, what you're doing, what you're just, you know, trying to read, try to learn. And um, it, it, Elijah had that challenge. You know, he said, I, I'm I'm kind of by myself in this aspect of, of being countercultural here. And God quickly showed him that there were thousands uh, that were true to covenant and were true to their identity. And I would say that AR for me has just opened my eyes to how how large the family of God is uh, in the apostolic covenant. How many people um, are just out there, you know, devouring uh, scripture, theology, leadership material, et cetera. But they're also working at Costco. They're, um, mm. you know, they're, they're working at, um, you know, Toyota. They're, 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 they're working their daily lives, but they have fully sold out to kingdom principles. And to me, that has been so encouraging. We really, really uh, limit and potentially uh, kill our ministries when we become isolated. And AR has put people in my life, um, additional folks. Uh, we, we all had to have our analog relationships. You know, let's let's don't let's don't kid ourselves. Right. But this has augmented my analog relationships with another group of people. Uh, frankly, that you know. I, I'm not accountable morally to you guys. You're not close enough to me. You don't follow my life around. But theologically, if I start posting a bunch of stuff that's crazy, if if the ministry clips, so I'm using air quotes here, the so-called ministry clips are self-aggrandizing rather than Christ glorifying, James is going to give me a call. Uh, because my online life is is accountable to you guys because of AR. Right. Uh, can, can I tell you that sometimes I think about what I'm going to post and how the AR community might sure. perceive it? Very good. Very and good. You, could, you can say that makes me a bad Christian or a better leader, uh, maybe a little bit of both. We should all be most accountable to the Holy Spirit. But I think about the impact of what I'm going to put out there because of the people that I know that are part of this community. And I want I want to I don't want to injure them. I want to I want to benefit them. I want to edify them. And so. Um, to me, it's just taught me just how wonderful it, it's been another lesson in how wonderful the people of God are right? and how much I value this family and how much I love this family and, and what you value and you love, you want to protect. And so I want to protect this family. I want to, I want to lift them up. I want to, I want to contribute to them because it, it's, it's just taught me more how much I love God's people. Right. That's excellent. You know, I, I think personally from a personal aspect, I, I actually, you know, well, since we've started the Apostolic Review, I have received more from the community than I have given. Oh, and um, it's just amazing, the, especially some of the young men and young women that, that follow us, the theological voices they have and their willingness to learn and to enter into a discussion. And they'll, they'll come into a discussion with a viewpoint but there's enough humility in their theology to say, hey, maybe I can learn. Maybe maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. 
And even in that process, there's, there's things that I have learned from them. And so what it's taught me is that the apostolic community, not just AR, I'm just talking about the apostolic community in general, the movement, that there are intellectual minds and theological voices that sit in our pews, that sometimes we look so much at the pulpit, but there are other voices that we can glean from and that we, we need to value those voices. And I think that's one of, one of the things we're, we're striving for in the AR is to be a platform where we can give space to voices that oftentimes aren't heard. Um, and I, I think that's, that's something really beautiful about this community. And I think the other thing, too, is just there's this the people that are on the AR community are lovers of unity. They really are Amen. because you have you have these these different uh, organizations, some independents, some some UPCI, LJC, just different different people from different walks that are apostolic, and their greater concern is, hey, let's be together, let's go forward together. Yeah, we have some differences, but I love you and I value you. I value your your place in the apostolic movement. And uh, so I've, I've just on a personal, uh, you know, uh, from personal side, that's, that's what I've picked up from the community. And, and for anybody that's listening, I, I just want to tell you, um, and I think on behalf of all of us, man, we love you all. This is just a tremendous community and Amen. we are hoping to bring a, a lot more content to you in 2023. Praise God. Brother Chester, how are we doing on time? We are up. We are out. Well, there was a couple of things we missed that we can pick up later. Um, but I think, <laughs> brother, the book mentor is firing up some books in front of his camera there. <laughs> go ahead. He's teasing us. He's teasing us. Yeah, go ahead and get these. Uh, they are they are fabulous. Uh, Who's you that? Gotta read them. Is, you got to uh, read them because brother, uh, this is going to be audio. Okay. Read the mm-hmm. titles. Uh, it's from Brother David Martin. I do believe that he's in uh, the Florida Church, Brother uh, Jimmy Tony. Uh, mm. It's actually a series of books, um, a lot of little fires, two volumes currently. Excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, I recommend it uh, to you, gentlemen, um, and uh, I recommend it to our AR community. Really, really excellent. You can, you will. I guarantee it. You will glean material from these that you can use in your ministry. Very good. Amen. Apostolic. I want one more thing I learned from the AR community, Brock, and that is it will take eternity to love the Lord enough. And it will take eternity to read enough to catch up with Mancino. <laughs> that rascal, that rascal, he, my house, I, I need to build a house to live in now because I, I now have a house that my books live in. <laughs> house of books. I, you know, I don't need to turn on any media to see these uh, people who have problems with collecting things like orders yeah. because now my office looks like I have that problem. Yeah. It is like, it is a, it is a Jenga uh, game in my office to see which stack of books from Mancino are going to fall down first. <laughs> right. It's re- it's ridiculous. It is superfluous. And it is, uh, it's kind of like the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Yeah. The packages from Mancino are new every afternoon. <laughs> and, um, I, but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the generosity. Uh, I'm thankful for the, you know, yes. and, and like he gives books, others give value in other ways. And, yes, uh, I've, I've learned this is a, a generous community. Yeah. Amen. True. Well, listen, before, before we, we shut it down here, I know we, we got, we're running some time constraints here. Um, I just love to have the the book mentor shut this down with a word of prayer and pray over our our AR Amen. community, Brother Mancino. If you'd be so kind, Amen, Lord Jesus. We've already spoken our thanks, but let us now direct our thanks to you. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought us together, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us to do this work not with us in mind, to do this but with work. you. And the furtherance of your kingdom, Jesus. Touch, bless, help, promote all within this community in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the Apostolic Review, please visit apostolicreview.com.